1: You know, at the end of the day, there's only one praise that matters, the praise that comes from God. People will praise us today and curse us tomorrow. People will remember us today and they'll forget us tomorrow. But the praise that comes from God will be a source of nourishment for our souls throughout all eternity. Now That speaks to the selflessness of a godly
0: leader, someone who is in the service of the High King of Heaven. We are about the business of Him, not us. And we'll learn more about that here today on Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno at highlands.us with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Leighton Sheely. We return to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It's there that the Apostle Paul lays out for us
1: just what? A godly servant really looks like. If you've been called to be a steward for a Sunday school class or a, a small group or a Bible study or a congregation, steward well. Teach the whole Bible, all of the scriptures, not just the ones that are popular or easy or leave everyone feeling good or ones that you are personally successful in. It says that a good and godly leader are stewards of the mysteries of God, not their own opinion or our own gen- agenda. You know, everyone has opinions. But the only opinion that really matters is God's. And the reason we come together here at Highlands week after week is to open God's Word and find out what God's opinion is about matters of life and ministry before us. His opinion is found in His Word. Therefore, Paul says, since we have this ministry, we've renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking craftiness, or adulterating the Word of God. The preacher or teacher who disregards certain scriptural texts or twists them to support his own ideas or programs adulterates the Word of God. It says that the most important character quality of a steward is that they're found trustworthy or worthy of trust. That's the most important quality of character for a steward. It's not that they are clever, that they are witty, that they're humorous, that they're a great storyteller, or any of those kinds of things. Jesus said, Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds doing so when he comes. And so when the Lord returns, the only absolute requirement that he will judge by is that his servants were faithful that they were true to the Lord's commands. Food is the spiritual food that God has prepared in His Word, and it's the steward's job to deliver the right meal to the right person at the right time, unadulterated. And the servant who does this well will be blessed by the Master when he comes. Jesus Christ is returning to bring blessing to His faithful servants. So a good and godly Christian leader is a servant and trustworthy steward and he's a uh, uh, and the next characteristic is that they work for Jesus verse 3 but to me it is a very small thing that i might be examined by you or by any human court in fact i don't even examine myself for i'm conscious of nothing against myself yet i am not by this acquitted but the one who examines me is the lord therefore do not go on passing judgment before the time but wait until the lord comes who will bring both, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. So here's what Paul is saying. He says, when you're serving in leadership, everyone has their opinions on how you're doing, and they're most willing to share it with you and with anyone else who will listen. And so what Paul says is, to me it's a very small thing what your opinion of me is that i might be examined by you or by any human court for us to be great and godly christian leaders being examined by others needs to be a small thing if the opinions of others are big then the opinions of god becomes comparatively small and we cease to be god's servants and become servants of people's opinions Now, church leaders need to be encouraged and should be encouraged, and it's always encouraging to me when someone comes up and says, Pastor, thank you for the blessing I receive from your ministry today. But if seeking fame and popularity among the people is not a small thing, a church leader can be in danger of being unfaithful. Now, I want to make sure that we observe here that this passage is not to be construed as suggesting that we should consider the opinions of others as no thing nothing but rather something small you see none of us are self-contained and we can learn much from each other if we're willing to listen to each other and if we end up if we ignore the opinions of others we can end up deluding ourselves into thinking we're biblical and thinking that we're serving god in his church when in fact we are not we should always listen to the opinions of others and, and see if their compliments or their criticisms bear merit. The words examined and examine are from anacrino, which means to investigate, to question, to evaluate. doesn't mean to determine guilt or innocence. As in a final judgment, uh, as the King James suggests, it means that we should evaluate what people tell us when they give us their opinions. And then he goes on, he says, for I am conscious of nothing against myself, yet I am not by this acquitted. So what Paul was saying here is that he was not aware of any glowing sin in his life, but he recognized that that didn't make him innocent. You see, the heart is deceitful above all else who can know it. Our hearts are so deceitful they can trick us into into believing that we're doing right when in fact we're doing wrong. It can trick us into thinking that what we're doing is we're doing for the good of others, when in reality, what we're doing is doing it for our own self-interest. We cannot trust ourselves. That's what Paul is saying. But the one who examines me is the Lord. Therefore, do not go on to passing final passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes. The final judgment is reserved for the final day when we stand before the final judge, Jesus Christ and he will bring both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. What is Paul saying here? He's saying that Jesus' judgment will not be based on the same criteria that many people use for judging Christian leaders. Things like the size of the congregation or the size of the budget or donations or the number of degrees that he has acquired or the number of books that he has written, or his general popularity and notoriety in the larger Christian community. Those are things that people use in their judgments of Christian leaders because they're quantifiable. But God looks on the heart. He not only knows everything that we have done, he also knows why we have done it. He knows the motive of men's hearts. You see, we might look on a leader who's taken some kind of action and praise him for it. But Jesus will later reveal that what he did, he did it for entirely the wrong reasons. And we might look on the decision of a leader and criticize them for it. And later, Jesus will reveal that what that leader did was truly the right thing to do, and he did it for the right reason. We don't know men's hearts, but God does. Then each man's praise will come to him from God. You know, at the end of the day, there's only one praise that matters, the praise that comes from God. People will praise us today and curse us tomorrow. People will remember us today and they'll forget us tomorrow. But the praise that comes from God will be a source of nourishment for our souls throughout all eternity. A good and godly Christian leader is a servant, a steward, and works for Jesus. And the next characteristics Paul describes is that they love the Bible. Now, these things, brethren, I have figuratively applied to myself and Apollos for your sakes, so that in us you may learn not to exceed what is written, so that no one of you will become arrogant in behalf of one against the other. So what Paul is saying is he's using himself and Apollos' illustrations. And you might, if you've got your own Bible, put a a line under a highlight The words, learn not to exceed what is written. You see, applying and abiding by this truth is absolutely essential for being a good and godly Christian leader. What Paul is saying is that a good and godly Christian leader accepts no higher authority than what is written, the Word of God. Now, sometimes men or women are elevated into positions of leadership in the church and their heads begin to swell with pride. As people come to them with their problems and look to them for answers, and they, over time, can muddy the distinction between what their opinion is and what the Bible says. And it's absolutely essential that a good Christian leader point people to the Bible for the answers that they seek and explain the meaning of the passage and how it applies to their situation, and that they clearly differentiate their own opinions from what the Word of God says. Now, there's a clear implication here that to be a leader, one must know the leadership manual, the Bible, because we cannot learn to exceed what is written unless we know what is written. Now, related to this, our elders all agree on essential matters of faith in Scripture, but some have disagreements over the minor areas, the non-essentials of scriptural application. And this difference of opinion leads to some interesting conversation and produces a richness of community that would not occur if all of the church leaders at Highlands came from the same seminary or the same denominational background. The differences of opinion invite us to reconsider our own opinion in light of the evidence that others perceive as supporting their position. And in the end, through this process, we grow not only Understanding and knowing what we believe, but knowing why we believe what we believe. Now, on non-essential matters, elders are invited to share their position there if it differs from the official church position. As long as they do so, noting the church position and and uh, describing that, so people can look at the church position, in their own opinion, and have an opportunity to make a decision uh, for themselves. No leaders are invited to promote an opinion that is in direct conflict with Scripture. In fact, if someone promotes an idea uh, that's an unbiblical opinion, they are not a true church leader at all. And Paul had to deal with these kinds of people often in his letters to the church. So a good and godly Christian leader is a servant, a steward, works for Jesus, loves the Bible, and he is humble, not taking credit for things that God has enabled him to do. I'm reminded of
0: John the Baptist. I must decrease, he must increase. And that is the call of true godly leaders. Well, you've been listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely, coming to you from Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. If you would like to know more about the church, this radio program, our pastor Layton Sheely. We invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. You can drop us an email there, learn more about the church, when we meet and where, even get directions. Again, highlands.us. And then come back and join us tomorrow as we continue our look at godly leaders out of 1 Corinthians 4 here on Study Verse by Verse.